It was a wintry night in the late 1700s in white Russia. We travel to a dark dungeon in Tsarist Russia, where one of our greatest rabbis of all time, one of our greatest rabbis, at least of the 18th century, was imprisoned in a dark, damn cell. His name was Rabbi Shnur Zalman of Liadi. He would become the first Rebbe of the Chabad Lubavitch movement, one of the greatest rabbis of his era. He was imprisoned in a prison cell, unfortunately, by Jews who were his enemies, who turned him into the Tsar, saying he was disloyal to the Russian Empire. And he stood in the prison cell for days, unable to study Torah, away from his community in deep fear. One day, an interrogator for the Tsar came into his prison cell with a musket and pointed it at his head. And Shnur Zalman didn't blink. He stood, stared back at him, and the interrogator was confused. I thought you'd be more afraid. I'm pointing a gun at your head. And he said, officer, there's something more powerful than your gun. There's something more powerful than anything here. I'm not afraid of your gun. And at that, the officer put the weapon down, knowing, knowing that his gun would have been no use in frightening Shnur Zalman, in giving, interrogating him, and giving up secrets against the Tsar. I've always thought back to this famous story of Shnur Zalman of Liadi. It's a story that our Chabad rabbis we love in our community are brought up on. And when I learned it as a teenager, I thought what Shnur Zalman of Liadi meant is that he had such an intense connection with God that if he wanted, he could make that gun evaporate. That God can snap God's fingers and make that gun go away. And if Shnur Zalman of Liadi wanted, he could do that. And that's why the officer put down his weapon. Because he knew it would be useless to hurt Shnur Zalman. But today, I'm going to argue something different. I hope my theology has gotten a little bit mature since, more mature since when I was 18. Because we all know that many poor Jews who were faithful Jews, who were good Jews, were in similar prison cells, facing against similar officers and czarist agents and Nazis, and had similar faith, but didn't survive. And we know, I don't have to tell you, that good people suffer in this world. And this world is unfair. I don't have to tell you that. But then what does this story mean? What does our theology mean in Judaism? How do we have faith in a God? We're about to read all these stories of miracles that God does, even in our parsha this week. We read about miracles that God does. God introduces God's self to Moshe Rabbeinu in our Torah portion this week. God tells Moses to go and free his people from the flesh pots of Egypt. 
And Moses, like any one of us, would have said, who am I to go down and save the Jewish people? This is the most mighty empire in the world. You want me, Moses, one dude, to go and talk to Paro? How do I even know that this is real? How do I know that this is not just my mind speaking to me? Hey, I'm in a desert anyway, dehydrated. Maybe it's my mind speaking to me. And God then offers Moses three signs. Three signs in what we read in the Torah this week. And you study them now. You're ready. Right? What's the number first sign that God shows Moses? Anyone remember? Good. The staff. Right? God says to, th to have Moses throw his staff, his, and it would turn into a snake. And of course it does. It turns into a horrifying and frightening snake. And what does Moses do? He runs away from the snake. He's terrified of the snake. Snakes are horrible. They're terrible. And then God says to Moses the unimaginable. Go grab that snake's tail, and it'll turn back into a staff again. And that's exactly, of course, what Moses done, does. He grabs the staff and it turns back into a snake again. An incredible, a, a staff again. An incredible, incredible miracle. But it is important to say, what is the spiritual meaning of what God was actually trying to tell Moses? Well, snakes are bad. Snakes are scary. Snakes are dangerous. What God was saying to Mo Moses was saying to God, well, what about the scary things? What about the bad things in my life that are holding me back from serving you, from seeing you? And God says to him, go take those bad things and grab them the way I tell you to grab them, and they'll turn into good things. Why? Because I create them every single second. I manifest reality at every single moment. I'm the creator of the universe. What you see as evil, I can turn into good in three seconds. You just, if you just grab it, I'll turn it into good. And Moses, God shows that to Moses. And Moses answers him back and says, wait a second. Everything in this world could be possibly good. I know there's real evil in the world. I know there's real bad in the world. What about those things? And so what does God ask him to do next? Who studied? hand, right? He puts his hand inside his, his jacket, more like his toga, okay? All right? He puts it inside, and it comes out with leprosy on his arms. We can, we can do this together. This is great. Um, right? He's got leprosy on his arms, and then he's got this horrible disease on his arm, and then he puts it back in again, and then what happens? It's gone. It does, God does another amazing miracle, Right? And what God is trying to prove through this miracle is saying, yes, Moshe, there are some things that are really evil in this world, but I can make them go away like this. Why? Because I created them. I manifest them at every single point that I can make them go away just like this. And there they went. And Moses said, but what about this? Wait a second. The Egyptians have powerful forces. They have things that are more unimaginably powerful than I can ever imagine in their life. They have the Nile River, the source of their power, their God. What about that? How am I going to face up against that? And what does God do? Exactly. He says, take some of the water of the Nile, the God of Egypt, the thing that even Paro worshipped and spill it on the ground, and guess what it's going to turn into? Blood. 
I could take the things that all of society says are the most powerful and the most important thing in the world, and I can turn it into nothingness. I could turn it into blood. I can turn it into nothingness. Why? Again, it's always the same answer. It's because I'm the creator of the universe. I manifest it into reality at every second. So what does Moshe Rabbeinu do after that? He does the most natural thing in the world. These signs are great, God. These things are wonderful. You can turn a staff into a snake. You can take lesions and make them into good skin again. Okay? You can, you can even drop a staff on the... You can even turn the Nile water into blood. So you can do this easy thing. I'm going to ask you something very easy, God. What about little old me? I have a speech impediment. I've been suffering from it since I was a kid. It's the disease I carry. I don't even think I'm going to be able to do the mission that you told me to do because of my speech impediment. And so you expect God to say, okay, speech impediment gone. Zap it away. Is that what happens? No, that's not what happens. God doesn't zap it away. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? No? Right? In our own lives, we have a million things. Problems with our personality, health issues we have, things we suffer from. We, we want God to just take it away. We know God has the power to take it away, but God doesn't. God didn't even take it away from Moshe Rabbeinu. Why not? Wasn't that the whole point of the miracles? To show that God can take away anything? Yes. It was the point to show human beings that God is the most powerful force in the whole universe because he's constantly manifesting reality or she's manifesting reality at every single moment. And for us to have faith in that. But importantly, God shows Moshe that day that God is not going to just miraculously take our problems away. God can miraculously take our problems away, but God is not going to take our problems away. And why? Because if God takes our problems away, every challenge we have away, guess what? There's no more free will. There's no more free human beings to live on this world. There's no need to pursue good and chase good because you know what? We can just look up to God and say, take our problems away. And what God cares about is not that human beings live longer, but that human beings choose justice, choose good, that they, these physical, corpulent beings that have a holy neshama inside are able to overcome even the deepest challenges, not by divine intervention, but how? What does God say to Moshe that day? Exactly. I'm not going to fix your speech problem. But he says two things. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be present with you. Even in the most challenging situations, I'll be right there with you. And number two, I'll instruct you. Horeta. I'll instruct you. You know what that verb is the same as? Anybody know? Where that verb comes from, it's very familiar. We just read it. Horeta is the same verb root as Torah. Instruction. The Torah. I'm going to give you the Torah. I'm going to instruct you on how to act in this world. And I'm going to be present with you at every single moment. But guess what? I'm not going to change you. I'm not going to take away all your problems. And Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu says, well, the natural thing, well, I still can't do it. I still, you give me your Torah, you give me 
your presence, great, wonderful. I, I'm going to try to have faith that you're the most powerful force in the world, and I'm going to try to do that every day and cultivate my faith in you, that you're the true reality, that every challenge I see in front of me, the pyros of the universe, are just illusions. But guess what? I can't live that way every day. There are days in which I'm going to feel dark and gloomy and upset and sad. And I'm not going to be able to get up out of bed. What do I do then, God? Do I just think of you and I'll all of a sudden be better? And he says, no. You have a brother. You have a brother who is good at speaking, who is good at talking. And when you fail, your brother will be right there with you. Grab onto him. Grab onto this other human being in your life who has different talents. Grab onto each other when you're feeling weak and you're feeling dark. Grab onto each other. Grab onto somebody else who has faith. Grab onto your community that together, even when you feel weak and even when you feel dark, you can overcome your struggles by coming together as a community and relying on each other because you were always there. And guess what? Guess who created our own? Guess who created our own? Who do you think? Quiz. God. God created Aaron. God gave us Aaron to help you. So rely on other people. You can't do it all by yourself. This teaches us, my friend, back to the dark dungeon in Tsarist Russia, which Nur Zalman of Liadi said to that officer that day. He said, there's something much more powerful than your gun. There's much, something much more powerful than the fear you're trying to impose on me. I fear something so much greater not being a moral person in the world, not serving my God. That's what I fear greater. That this world, it's here today, gone tomorrow. The only thing internal in this world is God. It's God that manifests the pistol at every moment. It's God that's manifesting every piece of existence in our entire life. And in the end, you can take a pistol and you can end my life, but God will be here forever and ever and ever and ever. And this world is in this physicality is an illusion. I'm not saying that the gun can't kill me. You can do that right now. But in the end, God is stronger. Life is stronger. Life will overcome. God is present with me. There is something more powerful even than my own life. And that's what Shner Zalman of Liadi was saying that day. And that's what scared the officer of the Tsarist Russia. Because if he didn't have physical power, there was nothing else for that officer to rely on, because all there was was the physical power that he himself had. My friends, if each and every one of us, in order to get through this Mitzrayim, in order to get through this Egypt that each and every one of us are standing in right now, this time of confusion, this time where everyone's values are upside down, this time of war, this time of violence, this time is so confusing that we're standing in, in order to get through this exile that we stand in right now, we need to do three things. We need to know that God is higher, that God is stronger, that yes, we see hard things and we're going to face hard things together. We are, and we're going to suffer, and unfair things are going to happen to us. I'm telling you, every single one of us, I don't care how righteous you are or good you are, you will suffer. But we are guaranteed that God stands with us. Eternality stands with us. Transcendence is present with us in every single moment. God follows us in our galut, in our exile. 
And more than that, God is instructing us at every single moment. God gave us his holy Torah to instruct us, to guide us, to help us, even in this darkest period. And even if that all fails, even if that all fails, I've given you the greatest gift of all, each other, community, each and every one, to lift us and help us and inspire us over obstacles. My friends, we need to cling on to these three gifts that were given to Moshe Rabbeinu that day, that those three gifts enabled him to even bring the Jewish people out of Egypt. We should not rely on miracles, that God is going to do some miracle for us, but rather we should rely on God's Torah, on God's presence, and of course, each other. And by doing so, we will make it through this darkness. We will praise our God through this darkness. We will love our families through this darkness. We will hold each other through this darkness. And we will continue in this darkness to be an or Lagoyim, a light unto the nations. Shabbat shalom, everybody.